one. We are live. Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. If you're new to the channel, please like, subscribe, share. And you are listening to the Back Row Redskins show. I got three of my very good friends on the show. This show, it's going to be off the chain. And for those who are going to be joining through the live stream, you guys know how it goes. Drop your comments, and your comments just might make it to the show. If you're talking nonsense, we're going to bypass your comments. We got some topics to talk about today. We're going to talk Aaron Rodgers. We have to, even though we know he's not coming to D.C., we just have to. Being a content creator, we got to talk Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk Landon Collins. Some new news came out today from Jack Del Rio talking about the role for Landon Collins. And then we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to give our reactions. We're going to give our yays and nays. We're going to, we're going to talk about the great picks, the bad picks, the ugly picks, the good picks, the whole nine. If you guys see my background, I am in the clouds right now. I'm on cloud nine. Draft came. Draft is gone. I'm excited. Plenty of people are not excited as I am about the draft. But getting into it, the first guy I want to introduce is Corey, man. Corey, uh, this guy right here, he's passionate. He's passionate about the football team. We go back and forth on Twitter. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. But for the most part, we agree <laughs> on several different topics. Uh, welcome to the show, Corey. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. The next guy I'm going to bring up, he's the man, the myth, the legend, the beast from the Middle East, Dujanae Bland, Redskins insider, Redskins reporter for Sports Journey. Welcome to the show, my brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely. Last but not least, my brother from another mother, Nate Coleman. This guy, he loves Kansas. He loves Washington football. This guy is so analytical. He's one of the smarter guys out there. So when it comes to draft and prospecting, I lean on this guy heavily because I don't be knowing what I be talking about. But guess what? I have people like Nate in my corner that's always going to, like, you know, give me pointers, say, hey, you know, take a look at this player and that player. Welcome to the show, Nate. Hey, Manny, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So on this show today, man, we got several topics to talk about. Let's just go ahead and get the Aaron Rodgers thing out the way. Let's talk Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers has been disrespected for the last, I want to say the last five to six years, okay? If you look at the Green Bay Packers draft, they draft and draft and draft and never get skill position. Why is that? Why is it that Aaron Rodgers consistently continues to be disrespected? He has Devontae Adams, and they brought guys like Aminius, uh St. Brown, and, you know, Valdez Scatlin that I can't stand. You know, he'll catch a pass every now and again, like their own version of Paul Richardson. So uh, let's start with Corey. The question I have for you is, if Aaron Rodgers was to come to D.C., what does that make the Washington football team? There was a scenario out there where you send big Matt Idonis, um, a first, two first round picks, two second round picks. So talk to me about uh, Aaron Rodgers, Corey, and and just give me your whole spiel. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the dream right there, right? It's the dream. Instant contender, immediate. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's enough that it would it would tempt them, right? But right. the other thing is all this back noise that's coming out now, a lot of negativity, and you don't know who it's being leaked by, but it's making me kind of wonder, is this something that Ron would even want in the building? Because uh, there's a lot more going on 
and it seems like it's almost not fitting in like Aaron's not fitting in with his energy that he's bringing to the table. It's, Mm -hmm. it's too much of a distraction. There's too much going on. And as sexy as he is of the name, it almost goes against what Ron's building Mm -hmm. here in Washington. So I, I, it's becoming concerning. It's becoming, and maybe they're doing that on purpose, right? Maybe they're Mm -hmm. muddying the water to kind of, you know, make him not seem as appealing and, and devalue him anywhere else but Green Bay. But, I mean, I, if he was in the building, everybody's going to love him, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, look, we ha- I've been a fan since 1999. The best quarterback that we have had was Brad Johnson. Maybe you can make a case for RG3 for one year. Maybe you can make a case for Kirk Cousins for a couple years. But we need a quarterback. And the way that this team is built, we're solid offensively, defensively. Dujanae, what is your take on this whole Aaron Rodgers saga? <laughs> uh, it, it's really, to me, about fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, I, I don't – Aaron Rodgers' style, you would have to change up some things. You would have to really kind of make the offense fit for him. And is that what you want to do for a quarterback for the next couple of years? I mean – Sure, it fixes your short-term situation, but does it make the team better long-term? The auctioning or giving away, like Corey said, giving away those picks of what his dream, idea, dream was mm-hmm. uh, for for giving up those picks and some body a body for for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know if you want to auction the future the way that things are built. I've heard people, you know, talking about giving away any of those defensive linemen. I don't think you can put a price tag on any of that um, because it all works together. Um, right. Again, I know everybody talks about like, you know, this, all this stuff coming out about his attitude, but this has always been Aaron Rodgers. Um, right. You know, you, you've heard this, these types of things about him, how he handles things, how he's dealt with coaches for quite some time. Um, if you're willing, you know, he is the, the reigning MVP. So, um, you're not going to knock that. But my whole thing is, and, and, you know, we'll talk about this in the draft as well. It's just all about fit. And I'm right. not sure we've, we've done this before. We've been down this road of, Oh, let's go get the hot name and bring him over and right. put him on the team and hope things change. Well, you know, does he, does he, or does that individual fit nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, especially here in Washington, it hasn't fit. And, right. and you, we've, we've, we, you know, these the fans have hoped, We've looked at things and hoped, and they just haven't worked out. So, um, sure, it would look nice on paper and look great to have the MVP and a number, you know, twelve jersey in Washington. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, does it work for you long term? I don't think so. You'll have another set of coaches out on their butts uh, in a few years when it doesn't <laughs> necessarily uh, risk. Doesn't you don't get the reward for the risk that you gave up as far as your capital and the individual that you may name a defensive front seven guy that you're going to give up in return for him. Okay. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, if you're bringing in an Aaron Rodgers, you're saying it's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, that's just what it is because if you're trading two first round picks in the second, which I think is more than worth it, but that means you have a championship window of really two years, two years to get Super Bowl. I mean, Peyton Manning did it, got Super Bowl. 
Tom Brady has done it with a new team Super Bowl. So that's kind of what you're looking at. You're looking at these all-time great quarterbacks at the end of their careers saying, hey, if we get this guy, this is the missing piece. And I don't think that we are one player away, but it will be interesting. Nate, what is your take on this topic? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unwrap here. First of all, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded, he's going to want another extension. So that's something that no one's talking yeah. about. He's going to want to be the, the most high-paid quarterback in the NFL. On mm. top of that, he has one foot in, one foot out. Who knows how right. committed he is? And then look at his age, too. I know Tom right. Brady just won a Super Bowl, but how many quarterbacks get up there in age and still want to play at a high level? And for how long? Is that one year? Is that two years? We don't really know. So there's right. a lot of ambiguity. On top of all that, he is the most dramatic like player in sports right now. I know we complain about like some NBA player sometimes. Some people bitch about like Kevin Durant or something, but like Aaron Rodgers right. is on another level, man. It's every <laughs> single season. And then on top of that, why is it like I know for, for a fact, every single fan base does this with any player. Like, oh, he would mm -hmm. look great in our team. Every right. fan base right now is having the same conversation about Aaron Rodgers. What makes us think that, like, he wants to come here or that they're going to trade them to Washington, D.C.? Just because, like, we're fans, it doesn't mean they're more likely to do that. So That's I think true. people need to pump the brakes with that. Uh, I mean – yeah, I'd love to have him, but I, I, I'm not going to give up a haul for a guy that old. I mean, he's an injury away from p possibly being done. He's been injured in the past, and he's getting up there in age. So and I would love to trade away a defensive tackle. That needs to happen at some point. I'm not going to pay two defensive tackles plus Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settles coming up for extension as well. So I would love to trade one of those guys, but I, I don't think it's for Rodgers. Uh, I think we just need to be patient. And uh, I, I, that goes against the grain of everything that Rivera has kind of preached about, right? Yeah, everything mm -hmm. has been right. much let's build the team up let's insulate right. the offense with talent and then let's go get our quarterback and get him on a cheap contract so that's big well hey i do like that uh just like that nate has talked me out of the aaron Rodgers sweepstakes wow i was all Sorry. in and now i'm kind of all out yeah i was thinking about all the extra stuff about the contract and you know now i'm just i'm just down now i'm just out on the aaron Rodgers train just like that wow well, that's why we have guys like Nate who come on the show and just shed light. You know, uh, Dujanae was on the same path. Uh, I think me and Corey kind of wanted Aaron Rodgers. Now we don't know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. let's go ahead and get right on into it. So there was two moves that was made today. But before we get to the two moves, let's yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, two moves. So Washington football team signed two players today, um, two smaller names. I think that they're camp bodies. The names are so small that I actually have to look up the names, to be honest. Like the, I forgot just like that. Um, so we we signed Dion uh, Yelder, tight end, um, and uh, Lyndon Stevens, cornerback, uh, two veterans. Now with the tight end, I looked him up, man. The guy has like ten career catches for like 80, 86 yards. He's a four year vet. He's six four, two hundred and something pounds. Um, I mean, these moves are just, to me, they're camp bodies. Obviously, we need help at the tight end position, but it's looking like they're going to rock with Bo and uh, 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 Reyes and the guy that we drafted and Logan Thomas. So I'm going to go around the frames. Yeah, Bates. Let's go start with Corey. What do you think is going to happen this year with the tight end position? Let's just go ahead and just start there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think you just – hit it on the head that it seems that's the most likely scenario. Um, you know, with Reyes, you got the sexy project 
right? <laughs> like everybody's drooling over what he could potentially become. Um, right. And there's there's nothing there. I mean, you didn't spend any money. It's just it's house money right there. Mm-hmm. Um and we know what we have with Logan. He, he's coming off a great season. We expect him to only get better, especially with the improvement in the quarterback position. So um and Bates, uh, I didn't know much about him. I started more I looked him up. That guy's got fantastic hands. He's mm-hmm. catches off his body. He's tough guy. I, I think that was actually a, a great pickup. Um, so I'm excited for the position in the future. It's, we always said we needed a number two, and it looks like we could potentially have a two and three and maybe four. <laughs> right. So. Right. So, I mean, when you look at the tight end position, right, you got Logan Thomas who played quarterback. Somehow somebody told him, hey, you're not a quarterback. He said, all right, I'll play tight end. Something that Tim Tebow should have done. But that's a whole ten years ago <laughs> episode. Ten years ago, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Now he wants to come back and play tight end for the Jags. Like I said, this is a totally different uh, uh, show. So then you have Simmons Reyes, the guy that was created. He's like a character from Marvel. You know, he was constructed in a lab, right? Then you have John Bates, who what I liked about uh, the press conference with uh, JP and. Um, and Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera asked John Bates, why is it that you didn't get a lot of receptions in college? He said, well, coach, I do what needs to be done. Already you see that he is a guy that's that's, that's team-oriented, a guy that's willing to do what it takes, right? Then you have Marcus Ball, which I don't really even know too much about the guy. Honestly, I don't care nothing about Marcus Ball. That's just me personally. But when you look at where we're going, Dujanae, with the experiments that continue to happen in the tight end and we're gaining success, what is your take on what's going on with the tight end position and how far can that group help us uh, uh, improve this next season? I think it's interesting. I think um, <clears throat> we all know what Logan brings to the table. Um, I think the biggest X factor here is the Bates pickup. Um, I think what people fail to realize is that when Washington put in tight ends, they pretty much knew exactly what they were going to do. Uh, most of them could not block outside of Logan um, Thomas. You know, most of those guys cannot block. Uh, Bates is a guy who uh, definitely can move guys. He's a, a great blocker, uses his hands very well. Also can get out in the space. Uh, Corey made the mention of his hands, good hands. Um, I think he gives you a, a more versatile guy he's you know we know Washington likes to use their tight ends as a fullback he also can dub as that as well because he has the ability to block um mm-hmm. and that's going to enable some things and help them to do some things i think you're should be able to see more two tight end sets something that's been missing over the last Sad. couple of years so um i think that's something i think this tight end room can have some uh great ability uh with growth and you talk about Reyes uh, a freak of nature who really has uh potential to be great i mean he mm-hmm. has really potential to really blow the roof off of both right. of these other tight ends it's just he's raw so we're gonna see i know he's working uh with some guys um and, and really uh getting down to it um really really hungry uh to continue to build his craft and work on his craft to get to where he needs to be um if if these guys take it seriously and all work together i think you could see a tight end room uh, that'll be uh, pretty pretty solid, something that hasn't been seen here in Washington in uh, a very, very long time. 
Absolutely. DC also says, remember, our tight end coach is a savant. Look at Logan Thomas as an example. Yes, most definitely. Look, I'm trusting what they're doing at tight end because at first I was a bit skeptical with some with some of the moves that Ron Rivera has made. But you know what? It's kind of like, all right, what's going on? Then you show me results. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going to rock with you. I'm going to rock with you, Ron. You know what you're doing at tight end. Y'all know what y'all doing. So if these are the guys that you say that you want, I'm all in. And when, when once we drafted John Bates, the fans were pissed off. They were like, oh, my gosh, Brevin Jordan, Brevin Jordan. Oh, I need Brevin Jordan in my life. And then when you go look at the RAS on Brevin Jordan, which I'm going to let Nate talk about, it was poor. It was poor. And I felt that he was going to fit in the system in terms of a tight end that goes through the middle in the air Coriel. But then when you look at it, these coaches know what they're doing. Maybe – if you're bringing in a guy like Brevin Jordan, he's going to be just similar to Logan Thomas, but a less uh, of a blocker. So now you have one of the best blockers on the team in terms of, you know, on the tight end position. I think Bates is the best uh, blocker. And then guess what? A few times in the goal line or goal line situation or in the red zone, guess what? He's blocking, but guess what? He slips through. Boom. Touchdown. He's going to get at least three, three to four of those. You know what I'm saying? Just because he's such a good blocker, you know, and I've I've heard about I've, I've heard about his hands. Some of these analysts say that hey, he's the he's the second best hands for a tight end next to Pitts. I'm like, whoa, he got hands like this. I don't know if it's true, but Nate, talk to me about that, man. Yeah, so so real quickly on the hands, like that's just that's just people being anecdotal. Like the reason he has good hands is because he never gets the ball. So it's easy to have a really good target rate when you never get the ball on top of that. Like your, your catch rate isn't sticky from college to the NFL. There's no correlation there. You can drop a bunch of passes in college and then be awesome in the pro. So don't worry about that. Uh, Next thing here is like tight end is the longest position in the NFL to develop. Mm -hmm. And the reason it takes so long to develop is because you have to learn the offense. You have to learn all the play calls. You have to learn run blocking, pass blocking, how to run routes, where you need to be. And then on top of that, as a second or third tight end, you're not you're, you're only out there maybe 20% of the time. You're not playing right, a lot. Yeah. So people got to understand, like, he's not there. He's not there to be like Kyle Pitts. He's not there mm-hmm. to be like this stud tight end. Um, so and if you're talking about like what to expect out of him, well, like tight ends that don't produce in college, they don't break mm-hmm. out at a young age. They, they don't get drafted with high draft capital. Don't right. have high expectations for him. That, that's what I would tell you guys. Can he be a tight end three or a tight end two and block and seal the edge like you guys were talking about? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But th- we got to stop like with the high expectations for such a low draft pick. I think right. he'll fit the role nicely. And, and the other thing I want to say about Logan Thomas, like not to take anything away from him. He had an awesome year. And I mean, no one expected it. But what I will say is part of the reason he had so much success is because there was no uh, target competition. There was mm-hmm. no one to compete with. They didn't have any right. good players besides Terry McMorrin. So he was kind of a target hog. He was vacuuming mm-hmm. up uh, targets, but there was no one to compete with. And you'll right. see his numbers drop this year pretty dramatically. Uh, and Great. he's also right at that age curve where he's getting older and he's going to start to drop off a little bit. He's right at, mm-hmm. I think he's 29 now. So mm-hmm. so to me, he's like a little above average like league starter right now. But what right. we really need is a tight end prospect that can turn into your next like, you know, George Kittle. I don't want to be like hyperbolic Absolutely. with that, but – 
that's what we're looking for. But we can't address every position in one draft. So we're waiting for next year. But I will say as an outlier, George Kittle that I talked about, he was a freak athlete. Not Bates mm-hmm. wasn't as good an athlete as him, obviously, but he only mm-hmm. had like 25 career receptions in college. So right. sometimes guys you don't produce, you know, maybe they're they're schemed out in college. They don't really use tight ends. So maybe that's Bates. Yeah. I don't really know. I just wouldn't have high expectations for him. No, absolutely. I'm just looking at him as a guy that, look, if he can be a NFL player for seven years, then the pick was a success. Being a you know, fourth yes. round pick, we just need a guy that's just going to come in and play, play his role. I'm not like banking that he turns into something, but we also have to remember that George Kittle was used more as a blocker in college, but obviously he is just a freak athlete. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not comparing the two. But I just like to just tell people, people say, hey, man, we overspent for a blocking tight end. I say, hey, remember, George Kittle was a blocking tight end as well. And he was drafted in the fifth round, the same round that Jeremy Sprinkles was drafted in. We, You know, George <laughs> Kittle went, and then a few picks later, it was Sprinkles. So, yeah, I, I, I cry about was a great- just about every day. Sprinkle was honestly, everyone's really upset about that. Sprinkle is actually a really great comp for him. That is exactly who I think of because Sprinkle was an awesome blocker. He could pass block in college. He just never really produced and go figure. He didn't produce in the NFL. So Mm -hmm. I don't know why people get so mad about that. It's not saying you think he's going to have the same career. It's just talking about like prospect wise. Well, you know why people are mad. We've been blessed with some pretty good tight ends. Even Fred Davis (laughs) did some good things for us. Chris Cooley, you know, Stephen, I mean, uh, not Stephen Davis. uh, Who's the Stephen Alexander? Sorry. I go, I go that far back, but I mean, so, (laughs) so when you see a Vernon Davis and a Jordan Reed, right. And sprinkles is like their little brother, right. He's been there with them. So you, you'll think that they, they have showed him a thing or two. But, you know, his just his ability just couldn't get it done. You know, so fans get mad when they see Jeremy Sprinkles. Like, you know, it's like this guy has bricks, bricks, bricks for hands. And he just he's a good blocker. He's a good blocker. But I think the fans expected so much just because we've had good tight end play just about every year, just about every year. So, you know, it happens. Jeremy Sprinkles just wasn't that guy. But let's go ahead and get into the draft. We, we have talked about the fourth round pick, so we, we're not going to go back there. But let's start with Jamin Davis. Okay. First round came, and hey, are we going to trade up? Are we going to trade back? The Bears trade up from 20 into the top 12 to select a Justin Fields. Now, I don't know about any of you guys. I don't know if you guys were thinking Justin Fields. As I start to see him drop, I'm thinking maybe we might get into this thing, you know? But then, you know, uh, the Ohio State thing. Look, you can say what you want to say about, oh, judge the player, not the helmet, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But in the back of some GM's minds, I am pretty sure they're like, Ohio State, I don't know. Even though that we know that Justin Fields is just a whole different guy from Dwayne Haskins. You can see the mannerisms. You can see the leadership. You can just see how he carries himself and just say, hey, these are two different guys. So let's talk about Jamie Davis. I'm going to start with you, Corey. Did you like this pick? Were you expecting this pick? What did you think was going to happen in 19? Um, so, like you said, I started thinking maybe Fields was going to come into play because the more he was dropping, the more I know it had to start get tempting them. And I'm thinking, man, when do we maybe pull the trigger <laughs> on this? But I – I was arguing all along. That's not Ron's style. He doesn't – he's not going to overspend. He's not going to 
you know, mortgage the future. You know, he, he doesn't – he never has overspent for players. So I just didn't see him doing it in the draft either. And I kept saying that, but then I started doubting myself because, <laughs> you know, you're seeing a, a, what I think a high-value guy dropping. Um, as far as Davis goes, after seeing his pro day, I'm a, I was a track guy. I'm a speed guy growing up. I saw yeah. his numbers, and I'm like, well, wait a minute now. <laughs> Who's this? I had to go see him play. And yeah. I, I love speed on the field. I think speed kills and nowhere better than the NFL. I think you can hide um, behind skill alone in college, but in the NFL, everything's so much faster that separates guys. Uh, a big cohesive unit in college can hide weaknesses within a player. So you can be surrounded right. by excellent people and you're going to put up excellent numbers as well, just because of everyone around you. Whereas right. you can't hide athleticism, this type of speed, this kid's a freak. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's no if, and, and what's about it. That right. translates better than anything to the next level, in my opinion. And I love it. I'm, I'm all about it. Awesome. Hey, as I was watching that draft with each and every pick, I just had a song in my head. It was money, 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 money. I just didn't know when we were going to trade up, when we were going to trade back. I Look, to be honest, I didn't know what was going to happen, but all I wanted was a linebacker. I wanted Xavier Collins. The boy gained some weight, man. He was eating some chicken and mambo sauce and, you know, gained about, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds, got up to 270. Now he's going to play a different type of position. I'm telling people, yeah. you don't want Xavier Collins in the middle of your defense. He, he can even yeah. do it at 270, but that's not what you want. It's not what you want because he's going to get toasted by tight ends. It's not what you want. So we go ahead and we get Davis, the tight end eraser. Dujanae, tell me your reaction as you hear that name being called. Um, I was pretty – Ecstatic with the pick. Um, I thought that's where they would go somewhere. My pick was Collins. Um, you know, my guy, uh, my boss, Lake Lewis, his his pick was Davis. Um, and uh my my co-host Karita Park, she was with JOK. Um, but either way, they couldn't go wrong. They were playing with house money. Um, right. I thought it's I thought it was the right pick for the system, though. Uh, when you look at guys like right. Collins, like you said, can't be in the middle. Um, he's he gets gobbled up. Uh, a lot of times he's a pass rusher. They already have mm-hmm. that. Um, exactly. JOK is, is the same thing. He's a mm-hmm. pass rusher. They already have that. Uh, the thing that Davis brings to the table is he not only is very good with gap recognition and running down quarterbacks, uh, but he he's the guy that's going to be able to take away, kind of be that uh, that London Fletcher type that can get mm-hmm. deep and, and kind of take away those, those uh, tight end routes that come over the middle, uh, have the safety high. They can get under that, take those away. He can cover your running backs out of the backfield due to his speed. He can get sideline to sideline. Um, that's something that's been missing uh, with this team. Um, and when you start solidifying that front seven, when you have a guy that has the ability to take those things away, mm-hmm. now your 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 defensive line has more time to get there and corral the quarterback and be more disruptive. Uh, they can't get the ball out quick because we all know if you have weak linebacker core, uh, they just pick your part in the center. They you know, and everybody looks at the the corners and blames corners and safeties. A lot of times, man, with these defenses, it all starts up front with the front seven. And then when I talk about the front seven, it's your middle three or four. Exactly. However, your defense is running three, mm-hmm. four, four, three. Those guys have to be sound. And you need to have a speedster somewhere 
or, or a speed linebacking core that can get after these guys underneath because you know how the league runs now. Yep, they put yep. combinations out there, the combination tight ends. Tight ends are almost like wide receivers now. Right, they've right. got these uh, combo running backs that can come out. They can run routes. They can do different things and get underneath you. And they're scat backs. They get real quick and can get big yards in a hurry. you got to have guys that can cover and take that away. And once you have somebody like that in Davis, it, it's ball game now. Um, and it's going to help this this whole entire front seven out a lot, which is in turn going to make that secondary look a ton better. Um, you know, it's what I've been preaching for years and years and years. I've used the Dallas uh, Cowboys example when uh, Marinelli was the um, the defensive coordinator there. Uh, when you looked at that defense, they didn't have a whole lot of studs on the back. They still don't have studs, in my opinion, on right. the back side yet of that secondary. But they always were able to play good defense in the secondary because the front seven was doing their job and once you can do that man with this defense wow right 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 and one thing that I liked about uh Davis was when you look at the tape and he played against Kyle Pitts he did a heck of a job versus Kyle Pitts and Kyle Pitts is one of like the best prospects for a tight end that we've seen in a while you know I mean, we've seen Vernon Davis, you know, so so when you bring in a guy like this and I, and I like the point that you said about having that front seven strong. When you hear front seven, a lot of people think or see front four. Front seven is not front four. You know, people were saying last year, oh, the Washington football team have a great front seven. No, we don't. We have a great front four, you know, and within your front seven, I mean, uh, you know, front seven, you need guys that have a role. Everybody doesn't have to be a superstar in that front seven. You have a Cole Holcomb who's going to play a nice role. You know, I'm looking for another linebacker, maybe a Quan Alexander, maybe a KJ Wright to complete this linebacking core to really make this a very good uh, 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 front seven. You have the Lakers. You know, I'm a, I'm a big basketball guy. I'm a big Lakers guy. And those championship teams that had Kobe and Pagasol had a Lamar Odom. Those teams had a, a Shannon Brown. And that's what you need out of this front seven. You still, because when you're talking about an elite or superstar front seven, you can only, because of money, you can't keep, like, it's hard to keep everybody. So, you like, you need the guys that complement, you know, everybody, whether it's the settle. Robert Horry. Yeah, Robert, Robert Horry. Exactly. Yeah. You need those guys. Rick Fox and Derek exactly. Fishers. You yes. need those guys to complete the team. And I love what we're doing, building. We're building a certain way. Young and old, young and old, but we're we're going younger to get better. Nate, talk to me about this Jamin Davis pick. I love you. You froze my frame before when you started to talk about London Fletcher, man, because like I was thinking about him playing that Tampa two and him mm -hmm. coming all the way back, almost like a safety covering a tight exactly. end all the way down the seam. And that, that made me nostalgic for a second. So thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> with, with Jamin Davis, I mean, everyone talks about all the good stuff, so I won't talk about that. I'll talk about the things I'm, I'm worried about, or I'm curious mm -hmm. about. Right. Yeah. So we talk a little bit about coverage. He only has 24 snaps in man-to-man -man coverage in his career. Mm. That's huge. Wow. I mean, so so he has right. very little. Like, everyone's like, hey, look at this clip of him covering Kyle Pitts. Hey, mm -hmm. it looked great. And if we can duplicate that <laughs> right. for, you know, 400-plus snaps, let's go. But right. be careful when you extrapolate such a small number. 
-hmm. then on top of that, man, it took him four years to play at Kentucky. Kentucky Mm -hmm. isn't linebacker you. I mean, think about it. So he redshirted. He didn't play his next year. He's kind of like a backup special teams player. The year Mm -hmm. after that, he was a backup again. And then finally, he got a chance to break out. And man, did Mm -hmm. he make some money because he was was fantastic. But I am kind of curious, why did it take him four years to play at Kentucky? I mean, who? I know they had Josh Allen. I know they had a few other guys, but, you know, they played a 3-3-5. So he had Mm -hmm. plenty of room there to beat out competition. Maybe his coaches are just dumbasses. That's what I'm assuming (laughs) because he should have been playing like from day one. But but yeah. that is, yeah, I it's think they said he had some injury concerns, though. Didn't, he had a couple injuries uh, his sophomore and junior year. He had some pretty yeah. big injuries. And he was underweight, so that's part of it. But like a lot of these guys are in college. Most of them are mm-hmm. a little smaller than they are now. But that's right. something I worry about. But the thing is, like – with his length and athleticism, man, he can, he can uh, affect the game in so many different ways. He has long arms. He has right. speed to like recover fastly and he can affect the passing game because he can just uh, interrupt those passing lanes. And that's something I right. really like about him, but he is limited in experience, especially in man to man. And if yeah. I remember last year, Bostic wasn't very good, but the one thing he was good at was man to man coverage. And on the flip side, Holcomb was Holcomb had a really good year. Actually. I think people mm. kind of underrate him a little bit, right. but he was one of the best zone coverage linebackers in the NFL last year so maybe like they kind of complement each other in that regard so i'd be interested to see what they're going to do but i agree they could use another role player so i'd be interested to see if they can find their uh derrick fisher or something like that absolutely i mean we brought in mayo we brought in a few guys but the guys that we have now i'm not too confident in not even a john bostic i i feel like we can upgrade anytime you can upgrade without losing like let's say for example you can add a player for a vet minimum to replace a Boston. You do it, you know. Anytime, that's why you see in the draft, you see teams that are rich at a position, but then they attack that position again. And it's like, why? It's like, why not? You know, so we're going to get into this next position, and it's tackle, you know. In the second round, first or second round, I knew we'll go linebacker, tackle, or tackle linebacker. And I do like the Jamin Davis pick over a guy like JOK just because you can get a, a, a true – a three – a three-down linebacker potential out of Jamin, unlike a guy like JOK who's smaller. He's great. I mean, he he does a little bit of everything, but he's not great at particularly anything. You know what I'm saying? So I like the Jamin Davis pick, and I, I felt, for me, he was the second-best linebacker after Parsons. I mean, yeah, Michael Parsons. So um, let's talk about Sam, Samuel Cosme. This guy is athletic. When I saw him catch that touchdown, I mean, like like that like little screen pass and ran, I'm like, okay, he has wheels. They say that he's, you know, a little bit raw, inconsistent, but I'm looking at the athlete that he is, and what I see in him right now, I don't see in Jerron Christian. You know, I don't see in some of the guys that we have. Cornelius Lucas had a great season. People say, oh, Cornelius Lucas this, Cornelius Lucas that. Yes, he's good. He's a role player. He's not your franchise left tackle. We brought him in to be a role player, so let him be what he does best, whether it's swing tackle or whatever. So, Corey, talk to me about the Cosme pick and what is your take? I mean, watching what Dallas was able to do over the past few years with their line, I think it it was brilliant. You know, we've seen it in the division. It all starts Mm -hmm. there. Um, I think we had – we still have a lot of questions on the line, but we've added so much depth. And like you said, with Lucas and his level of play, mm-hmm. he gives Cosme time to develop. I, I think right. he gives a, a development window and right. we don't have to rush him out there. 
So, and then I think um, with, uh, oh, geez, brain just went. Um, our other guy that got injured last year, geez, brain just went out on uh, me. Uh, uh, um, calf calf uh, injury. Yeah, LSU guy, Sadiq Charles. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, is more of a guard from everything that guard. we're hearing. Mm -hmm. So I, I think as far as building for the future, this is brilliant. And then, right. like you said, his athleticism, if you can – get that all to translate to the NFL level, mm -hmm. it's going to be excellent. Um, and then with his – the concerns about his arm length, I'm, I'm not the most expertise <laughs> lineman guy, so I'll let other people speak to that. I did watch um, – so in, in college we played a spread offense, so I was right there as a running back watching them. I did watch his footwork. I did see the concerns there. It looked a little sloppy to me. I see why that was a concern. Um, but that's nothing that can't be coached up. Uh, mm -hmm. Athleticism can't be coached. You know, that's exactly. just something you have or you don't. So exactly. I'm excited about it. I love it. And I love the depth that we're getting. As we know, uh, one or two injuries on your line can destroy your season. So Absolutely. we need it. I mean, the raw athletic ability, you look at it and you see why guys like Sheriff and uh, even Flowers couldn't succeed as a tackle. I mean, you can just see it. And to look, to be honest, man, whether you're white, whether you're black, it doesn't matter. But you see a lot of, let me just be real. Can I be real with you guys? You see a lot of black left tackles. They come in because they're athletic or whatever, right? But then you see some some white left tackles like a Taylor Lewan. They can get down. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you see, hey, hey, the black guys, they say, hey, the black guys are athletic. The white guys are strong. That's just kind of what you hear. You know, it's not always true. It might not even be true. But I'm just saying, like, hey, this boy can run, run. OK, I know the last time we heard he can run, run. It just didn't. He, he just ran and couldn't tackle in the name of uh, what's his name? I can't even think of it there. Apke, Apke. But this is a different kind of run. Run. He's 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 athletic, and I think that Cosme, once he puts on more strength and he's coached up, this guy can be a force for years to come. Talk to me about Cosme, Dujanay. I like uh, his athletic ability. Um, you know, he's a uh, he's definitely a guy who. If puts in the work and uh, really solidify himself, I want to see him work on, uh, you know, I, like Corey said, I don't care about, you know, I don't really care about the arm length, honestly. Mm -hmm. That has very little to do with it. It's all about technique at this point. Exactly. Um, and and uh, he's got to he's got to do a little better job in that department. He's a he's a, a waist bender. Um, and you, we all, if you go over and you look at Morgan Moses, he, he does a little bit of that. You see that when he gets mauled over and run over and that's that whole thing, you, you're allowing yourself to lean forward. You're, you're, you're waist bending, you're leaning forward and you just get mauled. You're not using your hips. You're not sitting down and anchoring. If he can get that better. I think Corey mentioned the footwork as well. Um, you gotta be more consistent in that. Obviously that's something that, that should get better as the work gets done. Um, but I think with his athletic ability, uh, he should have an opportunity to be able to, he has every opportunity to solidify himself and be a, a solid tackle for this team. Uh, I just want to see those things improve. Those are the things that concern me as a pick. I don't think it's a, a bad pick at all. Um, you know, I always, uh, in the beginning, I was 
all four drafting an uh, uh, offensive lineman in the first round right. after they got flowers and made those moves. I was like, their next, the next thing was linebacker. Here exactly. was a great opportunity to get a, a nice, uh, solid player that can help your franchise. You're just going to have to, he's going to have to be hungry and want to do the work uh, and make those improvements because you can't uh, have those lapses, uh, especially on the left, on that blind side, having guys. With that, that bending at the waist nonsense, you get mauled over and your quarterback gets killed. And we right. know about our know about the quarterbacks here in Washington <laughs> right. and what happens right. when they get hit like that. Um, yeah. It hasn't been good. So uh, those are the things that concern me. But overall, I, I really thought the pick was a, a good one. And I think it's uh, it fits this this offense and what Ron Rivera and the team is trying to do. Absolutely. I mean, worst case scenario, let's say he doesn't pan out as a tackle. He can be a really nice guard. He can be a really nice guard, get a little stronger. And best case scenario, this guy can be a multi-pro bowler. I mean, the guy had a first-round grade. To me, when you look at the tackles, I felt he was a top-five tackle. And you're getting him at pick 51. That's an absolute steal, just based off of the potential. Like, you know, obviously we can't predict which picks are going to, you know, hit or not. But, look, I just like the potential of this guy. Nate, talk to me about Samuel Cosby. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is experience. And before I start talking about Cosme, we got to talk about our offensive line coach. Who, yep. It, it's the last name is Matsko, right? Is that how Matsko. you say it? Yes, Matsko, has, he has over 40 years of coaching experience with offensive mm-hmm. linemen. He's done it all from college to the pros. And he's a guy who you, you saw him develop Lucas. I mean, Lucas is a 29-year-old journeyman who's never really been successful before. Right. And he was one of the highest graded pass protectors in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to Cosme, though. Cosme has played over 1,000 snaps at left tackle and right tackle. And by the way, nice. that's in the Big 12, which you know I love. So that means way more passing. They're passing the ball pretty much on every down. They don't run the ball there. They're not very physical, mm. and I'm fine with that. But, I mean, so that, that, that that's what I care about the most, though, is, is pass protection, obviously, because everything right. runs through the pass today. And he's been right. excellent at it. He's, he's really crushed it. So, so I'm excited there. He's slow out of his stance sometimes. And, yes, mm-hmm. he's a waistbender. He also has a weird, like, kick kick jump like when he when he gets out of stance it's kind of awkward but i think right, those are I all talking about yeah th- those are all coachable though to, to me at least so i'm not really worried about that you have to like to me like left tackle offensive tackle is right at there at the top of your positional value needs i mean it, it's mm-hmm. right right there besides cornerback and edge rusher for me so it's very important but yeah i was i was excited about the pick i think he can slot right in there and play right away um if he doesn't work out a left tackle he can play right tackle and moses is going to be up for extension soon he's getting up there in age he gets nicked up a lot so who right. knows what happens with him but right. yeah cosme to me he's he's your offensive tackle of the future I, I could see him being a left tackle for the next 10 years Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I love this pick. And to get in the second round, most times you think you have to get your left tackle in the first round. You get in the second round. Absolute smash. Um, let's talk about the third round pick. Benjamin St. Juice. Yeah, St. Juice. Yeah, I think it's French. Uh, <laughs> but um, the guy, man, he's intriguing. He's a 6'3", 200-plus pound corner, Okay. And uh, Jack DeRio said today, you know, there were speculations that this guy might play some free safety or some or some or some safety in general. You know, from what I'm hearing, this guy is going to play cornerback and I'm excited to have him as a cornerback because this is another guy who can be a potential tight end eraser. Just off of the draft alone, we have brought in two guys that's going to make this 
uh, pass defense better in Jamin Davis and uh, uh, Benjamin St. Juice. I like that he's 6'3". I like that he's physical. Um, he played um, he played some free safety and strong safety snaps at the, at the Senior Bowl. So I'm intrigued by this uh, a prospect. I feel like, you know, we, we've had the smaller guys in Jimmy Moreland. You know, he's going to be competing with Jimmy Moreland for the number three spot, whether he plays some slot, whether he plays outside. I believe he plays better outside than slot from what people say. But I'm just interested yeah. to see what you guys say. Corey, what, what's your take on this uh, draft pick? Yeah, so from what I'm seeing, like you said, he, he does actually look like more of an outside corner. You know, he's a long, uh, lengthy guy. He has that build-up speed. You know, it's, it makes sense being 6'3". Kind of mm -hmm. reminds me of like a Sherman. Um, mm -hmm. His change of direction is off the charts for his sides, and yep. that's very desirable when you play zone a lot. You know, you want somebody that's going to be able to break on the ball, come back quickly. Um, I think he fits scheme-wise very well. He, mm -hmm. he kind of mirrors Fuller to me um, as far as a skill set and speed. Mm -hmm. You know, speed was a concern, but people forget Fuller's. I say I think he's slow. I mean, he's slow. He, to me, he's slow for how good he is on the outside. He is not elite speed. He's a four-six guy. That's very impressive that he's able to be as good as he is with that. Mm -hmm. So with um, Benjamin being a four-five, but he's six-three with the longer stride and the quick mm -hmm. break. I think. There's a lot to be excited about there. Yeah. Regardless and, and, of where he plays, inside or outside. Right. I mean, I, it's intriguing because he can be that next corner that a Del Rio type team finds. You know, some of us don't know a lot about him. Some of us saw the pick and said, What the heck is going on? Who is this French kid? Like, who? What? You know, like, what's going on? You know? So when I saw the pick, I was cutting the hair. At the time, and I was like, okay, whatever, we got a corner. A lot of times, us fans, just because you don't know a player doesn't mean that the player isn't good. You know, just because you wanted this corner or that corner, you know, and you get this corner, it's okay. It's okay. You got to let things, you know, play out. Nate, what is your take on this uh, draft pick? Yeah, so I got to watch him a lot at the Senior Bowl. I, I watched all the Senior Bowl. I watched all the tape of the practices and everything. And he was one of the highest graded uh, coverage corners there, actually. Mm. Uh, we talked a little bit about safety. Uh, he has no experience playing safety. It wasn't until <laughs> the Senior Bowl that he played safety. And right. the Senior Bowl was all about like versatility and having players play different positions just so NFL teams could see that. So maybe you see him like a snap or two at safety, but he's, he's a corner. Uh, but he's interesting. He doesn't have a lot of experience. He has less than 400 coverage snaps in his career, which is kind of scary. I mean, a guy like Asante Samuel had more than that in a season. So he's a guy with right. limited experience. He's bigger. He's your press, your prototypical press guy. Um, he's kind of grabby. He'll get some penalties. He's not very fast. And he has, he struggles to like, uh, like turn and go. Sometimes he doesn't have mm -hmm. good top end speed. So I was kind of disappointed with the, with the pick there. I, I felt like they could have waited around and still got him, but apparently not. Cause you heard a lot of stuff about like, Oh, teams are interested in trading up for him. But I mean, I, I'm still happy because we got Diami, Diami Brown. That's who I wanted there anyway. So I guess yeah. I guess I can't complain too much. Uh, but, <laughs> but he's he's a guy that definitely interests me. I mean, like people talk about cornerback. It's a huge need. I understand we have three pretty good starters, but in today's uh, NFL defense, your base defense is a nickel. You play with three defensive backs. If any right. one of those three guys goes down, who do we have? 
So, exactly. so it's good to get some depth there. And that's something exactly. I, I'm big on, man. I mean, it's a passing league. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. linebacker is important. You got to stop the run or whatever, but you got to stop the pass first. And, and St. Juice is a guy who really fits that mold. So I'm excited to see him. And another thing I really like about it more than anything is every single day in practice at Minnesota, mm-hmm. he went up against a first rounder and Rashad Bateman, who's really testing Hello. him. You know, Rashad Bateman's one of the best release packages in the right. NFL, one of the best route runners out there. And mm-hmm. and St. Juice is always a guy matching up with him. That's something right. we talked about. Johnson in too. And and Tyra yeah. Johnson before that. Great point. Yeah. Both of those yeah. guys are awesome at releases and route running. So that's something he's gonna see a lot in the NFL. So so that's exactly. something I really do like. Exactly. Iron sharpens iron, man. I love when teams have really good, you know, wide receivers. You gotta go against some, you know, some really good guys to, you know, really make a name for yourself. Dujanae, what did you think about that pick? Uh, I agree with Nate. Um, you know, the, the biggest things that stood out for me is that he's got some length. Uh, he's either a lengthy guy. Uh, he he can jam guys up. I think that's something that's needed. Uh, man-to-man coverage. Uh, just a little slow, getting his head around uh, things of that nature. Um, you know, um, can be a little face guardy at times. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, like I said, it, it, with this entire draft, it's about fit. And I think they did an excellent job of just finding guys that fit in that guy that are, they, they have a plan and it seems like he's going to play a role. And I, I go same, uh, echo Corey sentiments. Um, guy is definitely outside. I wouldn't, wouldn't play that guy in the slot. I think he's fit to be outside. Um, and, and what gives him an edge on a lot of guys is the fact that he has the ability, those long arms, to be able to jam guys up, slow the receivers down. Uh, he's not They're not getting clean breaks. Um, right. and, and it gives this team a ability to play some man-to-man. And if you got your front seven rolling, you really don't need to have a whole lot of time and worry about who's covering for a long period of time because exactly. they don't have a long period of time. Exactly. So, um, you know, that I think that's the big thing. If he can bring the scrappiness, uh, clean up, not so much. It's not so much about speed with him, but it's his ability. He His ability and his size allows them uh, allows him allows them to be able to do some things because he can slow these receivers down. Right. Right. His links. And I think that's important. Other than that, though, I wouldn't say it was a terrible pick. Uh, right. Once again, like I said, it's a good fit. Absolutely. I mean, William Jackson, the third tough, scrappy. Jimmy Moreland, little firecracker. You know what I'm saying? He just be doing his yeah. thing. Then now you got St. Juice to the mix. And then and then Fuller, hey, don't put the ball in his face because you know what he does when the ball's in his face. So, I mean, it's going to be a nice little group. And then whatever else or whoever else we add to be the fifth and sixth corners, I'm excited about that position uh, moving forward. But um, let's talk about Dayami Brown real quick, man. Look, I was willing to take this guy at pick 51. He's we got starter. this guy with our second, third round pick. Are you freaking kidding me? Another speed guy, another gym in the third round. Oh, this wow. guy is a, I mean, look, the highlight tapes that I saw, because I didn't watch North Carolina really, the highlight tapes that I saw, every time I saw him running, he's running past somebody. And he's just catching, he's just catching passes. And then he's what he's six two, almost six three. So he's not no little guy. He's a bigger speed guy, and then he's a guy that's a high contested catch guy. So and then when you hear like the comps to Terry McLaurin having two Terry McLaurins, I'm not saying he's gonna be like a Terry McLaurin. I'm just all I'm saying is I'm liking what I'm seeing out of this kid. And to have speed, 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 who do you cover? Who do you cover? This might be the best. 
wide receiving group that we've had since Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garcon, and Jamison Crowder. You know what I'm saying? And before then, it was probably Michael Westbrook, Irvin Fryer, Albert Connell. I'm just saying it's been a while since we had three really good wide receivers on the team at the same time. Corey, what did you what was your reaction when you saw this pick? Well, like you said, it's like third round again. Like it was like <laughs> Just, you had to laugh. It's, it seems to to work out that way. And yeah. um, as far as it was a pretty deep class, so you knew there was going to be some steals in there. Exactly. Um, you wouldn't have expected to get uh, Brown there. I don't think uh, you know everybody was going crazy. Was like, you kidding me? At Washington, <laughs> this is this right. is a problem. So right. <laughs> I, I'm ecstatic. I think every everybody is talking about it, and I think that tells you you know, what a high value pick that was for us when the world is buzzing about it. So I, I'm just, I just hope everybody stays healthy. That's, you know, that's the key. Sometimes you get all this buzz and then, you know, I don't even want to put the energy out there, but that's what, that's the only thing that's going to stop that unit because it's just, it's a powerhouse. Absolutely. And in my rookie dynasty drafts, I'm snagging Dayami Brown just about every time in about the late second, third, just depending on how many uh, man teams we have. Uh, Dujanae, give me your reaction when we got this kid from North Carolina. I was really shocked that he would still be there. Um, you know, he's a starter. I mean, he's a starter. Uh, I think you have to have a guy like this. Uh, Cam Sims has shown flashes uh, nothing consistent. I think Steven Sims is out. Um, you know, it, it you with the with the receivers you have, right. when you add this guy, and he's not pigeonholed to a slot. There's a lot of versatility here with what you can do with the receiving core now, and a guy who can basically Deshaun Jackson like as far as what Washington had before, be able to have another person that they have to worry about taking the top off the defense outside of Terry who can do right. very various things. Um, you add that and then you, you add what they did with Curtis Samuel. I think now it's pick your poison, which now opens up lanes because now they're not stacking the box because they have to respect the wide receivers. It helps out the running backs. This thing funnels downhill with how this offense can now open up and have a little bit more uh, freeness and what they can do. Um, but wow, to, to get a guy who really is a starter, this is not right. a this is not a guy who you come in and is like, oh, well, he could kind of fill out the roster. And, you know, if we kind of need to call on him, he'll be there. Nah, if somebody right. goes down, there's no drop off here. He literally could be your your two easily. So right. I, I I really like what was was gotten here, and it's like like Corey said, it's like, huh. Really, in the third, <laughs> and then it go. He goes to Washington. Dope. <laughs> yes, sir. I love it, Nate. Give me your take on Dayami Brown. Yeah, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson, and what's interesting is they haven't had a receiver average over 15 yards per reception since Deshaun Jackson in 2015. Mm. So that's wow. like six or seven years ago, right. uh, which is embarrassing. Um, and, and Corey, you mentioned depth and, and you're right. The wide receiver class was very deep this year, but it was very deep at slot. There wasn't a lot of outside perimeter receivers. Exactly. And what Diami in, 
Diami is a perimeter receiver. He doesn't have yep. any snaps in the slot. He didn't play in the slot wow. at all in college. Mm -hmm. For him, it was all about playing on the – and also, he didn't have any screens either. All of his production wow. is down the field. So his degree of difficulty catching balls, you know, you have a higher ADOT, average depth of target, you know, you're down right. the field. And he was still really solid. Uh, he was – the last two years, he's the best deep threat in college football, averaged over 20 wow. yards per reception the past two years. And then also that, you know, sub 20 breakout age and 20 touchdowns in two years. So he's mm. the 20, 20, 20 guy that, that I like. Uh, yeah. I, there it. wasn't a pick. I was, yeah, there wasn't a pick. I was more excited about yeah, all my guys and all the different chats. I mean, the, everyone, the second they made that pick, cause I'd been, I'd been talking about Diami that whole night. Like I wouldn't shut up right. about him. I'm like, I'm like, when St. Juice got picked, I'm like, no, we missed on Diami. Diami's who I wanted. Like I'm going to Diami. I was thinking Will Smith. Like, come on, man, let's go. So when we, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This is the, the best receiver group we've had since uh pierre and, and deshaun and the Thanks. other thing about that is we don't have to pay a lot for them they're all on cheap deals Sad. besides curtis samuel right. you know you're talking Sad. about year one year three and then year five so these are cheaper yep. guys that you can build around and uh the other thing is like we ranked 31st in explosive pass plays last year mm. 31st and that's part yeah, of, that's why all of our drives were so so uh, methodical right it took like 15 right. 14 plays just to yeah. kick it field goal and it's because we don't have any explosive players and go figure that like last year ryan fitzpatrick he ranked in the top five and not only deep ball completion percentage but every team he's played on his team is ranked in the top 10 in the explosive pass plays generated so i feel like it's a perfect uh, meshing of talent with uh with ability there so i'm very excited i love diamis he's my guy Right. Somebody just said Washington would have gotten Nick Bolton if Jamin Davis wasn't there. Uh, hey, I would say that they, that might have been an option for the second round. I mean, he was definitely on my list as a top five uh, linebacker that we could have selected. So, yes, I agree with that statement. Um, now we're getting into the rapid fire part of the podcast. We're running out of time. Um, so when I give you this draft picks name. Just give me one word that describes the draft pick, and then we'll close it out with the Langdon Collins talk. So, um, Derek Forrest, fifth round. Corey. Uh, <laughs> fifth round. I got to look him up. I don't – oh, 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 sorry. Cincinnati. That's right. Yeah, Cincinnati. No. <laughs> Exciting. Exciting. Okay, okay. Yeah. Nate, what about you? Uh, athletic. Athletic. Okay. What about you, Dujanay? I'll say athletic as well. Athletic. I'll say leader. I love that he was able to play that many games and he was a captain. So I'll say leader. I love that about him. Um, and he has a potential to maybe start at the free safety spot this year. But we're going to get into that with the Landon Collins talk at the end of this uh, show. So um, let's go ahead and look at uh, the sixth round. We traded Right back into the sixth round, uh, we traded a fifth round pick from last year, and we got a sixth round pick in, I think, two sevenths, I believe. So with one of the draft picks, we selected uh, Cameron Cheeseman. Everybody was pissed about drafting a long snapper. I would say this. He was a top two long snapper in the draft, number one. And number two, you're getting a guy who's smart. And mind you, we need a long snapper, and this was the end of the sixth round. So what are you expecting? Sixth and seventh round picks usually don't make the team. So if it doesn't work, oh, well, oh, who? it was a sixth round pick. So when you hear the name Cheeseman or when you see Cheeseman, Corey, give me a word. <laughs> uh, needs filled. <laughs> needs met. Uh, needs know. met. <laughs> Nate, what about you? <laughs> uh, 
So reach, but also ROI, return on Ooh. investment. He's going to play for like 10 years, but it was a major reach. I mean, it was, right. you could have, you could have waited and signed him as an undrafted free agent, but whatever. Yeah. It's all good. But then you, but then you did see a run, a little mini run on long snapper. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we started the trend, baby. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I get it. I get it. But Hey, if he plays 10 years, then it was a major steal. Okay. If he plays 10 years and Hey, like you said, return of investment, it worked and it was the right, correct pick. Uh, give me your word for cheese. It was a steal. Steal. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I take that. And my word is cheese. I just thought cheese, man, to be honest, I said, his name is cheese, man. Oh man. Superhero. Cheese me. All right. Uh, seventh round, we selected uh, William Bradley King. Okay. I don't know much about the guy. I looked him up. I, haven't, I still haven't looked at his highlights, but I just saw 3.5 sacks. Um, you know, seventh round pick. But um, what is your word, Corey, for this draft pick from Baylor? Uh, from when I looked up, versatile. Um, versatile. That's... Okay. Love it. Love it. Nate? Disruptive. Disruptive. Oh, Nice. Dujanay? I say it's depth pick. Same, same. Hey, because I have not really done too much homework on him. So for me, it's depth until he shows me more. And hey, when you lose a Ryan Kerrigan and you lose a Ryan Anderson, man, you need some. You need some edges. You know what I'm saying? You have nobody else, you know, it's outside of four, Sweat. <laughs> over 400 pass rush snaps that we have oh, to wow. replace. That's a yeah, lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. And Ryan Kerrigan. The door hasn't been closed yet, but hey. Um, the next pick that we got was Shaka Tony. Just off the name, I'll say Beast. I'll say Beast just off the name. Shaka Tony. I mean, that can be some kind of marketing tool. You can have a Shaka Tony doll, Shaka Tony superhero. I mean, look, his name is Shaka Tony, man. I'm just saying. The low-hanging low fruit there was Shock, and then you went in another direction. Boom Shakalaka or something like Boom, that. Boom Shakalaka. Shaka Zoom. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, I'm just saying, man, Shaka Tony, man, let's go. But, uh, no, when I look at him, though, I see upside. I see potential. That's my word, potential. potential. Corey, what about you? Potential was going to be my word. That is what I was going to go with. Right. I mean, he's had a lot of sacks at Penn State. He had five last year. You know, he has a lot of accolades. This guy is not a seventh-round pick. Make no mistakes about it. I don't know if these GMs were blind. But thank you for being blind because now we got him. Nate, what's your word for Shaka Tony? Yeah, I would say productive, right? I don't I don't know that he has a huge ceiling or anything, but his teammate Owe was very athletic but had no production. He went so much earlier than he did. But yeah, he's a he's a productive guy. I love it. My boy on the warpath. You guys check out his show. He said Shaka to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Dujanae, what's your word? Uh man. Uh, I, I think we're just going to go with uh, the fact that uh, Jim, um, Jim okay. definitely a Jim uh, with with the fact that, like you said, Deed Edgers, uh, he could really turn out to be uh, the consistent thing that we need. You know, consistency is always something that you need out of your guys that are behind your starters, and uh, he could provide that. My bold prediction is that he's going to be better – than Smith uh, Smith Williams and this kid from Baylor. I think he's going to be the top backup sub to come in for Chase or uh, Montez Sweat. That's my bold prediction with Shaka Tony. I'm giving me a Shaka Tony jersey, by the way. Um, <laughs> the last pick of the draft was Dax Mill. 
When I think of Dax Mill, I think of Trey Quinn. That's my word. Trey Quinn. You hear me? Yeah. Um, but um, he's very reliable, has good hands, can get open, and he's just like a savvy, he's like a savvy veteran. You know what I'm saying? He might even be about 27. I don't know. You know, you know how these guys, you know, they just real solid fifth year. Uh, you know, fifth-year senior, seventh-year senior. I'm just saying, you know, he's just really, really smart. Corey, what is your word for Dax Mill? <laughs> Somebody's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> what That's about not you, one word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have. I'm, I don't have one word for him. But he, so he's 21, uh, six foot one. So he's not really okay. Trey Quinn's size. But I mean, he he wasn't productive until year three. He didn't really do anything, and he's right. not athletic. And he, you know, if you're not productive and you're not athletic and you're drafted and in round seven, I'm not really that excited. So I know right. a lot of fans are excited, but I would I would love to bet with any of you guys. Like, what what do you think he's going to do? He probably won't be on the team in like two years. If I had to right. Bet. Right. I mean, look, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking practice squad. I was thinking, you know what? Ron just wants to be cheap. Ron does not <laughs> want to spend money bringing in these undrafted free agents. And that's why we had three seventh rounders. He says, look, let me go ahead and grab the guys that I want to grab anyways and not have to spend that money because it's cheaper when you get them in the seventh it's round. Cheaper, and, yeah. you know, yes, it's it's cheaper to keep, you know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, Dujanay, what's your word? Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And I have one more bonus guy before we talk about Landon Collins. Jarrett Patterson. Uh, Jarrett Patterson. My one word for Jarrett Patterson is touchdowns. This guy had 19 touchdowns last year, 19 touchdowns a year before that. You can say competition. I say production. That's my rebuttal for any time somebody tells me competition. I say production. He dominated. I mean, he had 19 touchdowns in six games. Just let that sink in. Corey, what's your word for Jarrett Patterson? Uh, knee drive. <laughs> so I watch him and I think of Barry when Barry went and got a speed coach to improve his open field speed. That's, I think if he had better open field speed, he would have popped more on tape and I'm excited. I think that's an easy fix. He'll get a little faster and he'll be a better player. He's going to be good. He's right. He's, he's a talented running back. Sorry, not yes. one word, but he's good. He's exciting to me. <laughs> Awesome. Nate? It sucks. <laughs> I knew, look, I knew Nate was going to be so negative. I already knew, man. Listen, listen you know, it. you know, you know me. Like, I play in a I ton know. of dynasty leagues. And I'm know. talking about leagues with, like, 30 guys in the roster. So, I know right. I know most of these guys before they come in. So, he's right. five foot six, like 200 pounds. He can't be a workhorse because he's tiny, okay, first right. of all. On top of that, he has no draft capital. He can't catch passes at all. And then he's a terrible athlete. He's, like, a 10th percentile spark athlete. He sucks. Uh-huh. Like, he's not, he's not, he's going to be a guy who barely makes the team. He might be a practice squad player. The only reason we know about him is because he had that big six touchdown game, but like touchdowns aren't like sticky to the NFL. You know, there's no like, you know, like it's kind of random. Okay. Like he's fine. Like he's better than, he's probably as good as like Peyton Barber, but what is that really saying? I'm just saying. I want, I want our running back three to be a guy who if who if Antonio Gibson goes down, he can take on a workload and not be a liability in the mm-hmm. passing game. I want right. a guy who's well-rounded. And that's not J.D. McKissick. That's not Peyton Barber. So I don't really know who that is. Maybe it's Lamar exactly. Miller if he's healthy. Hey, you like, know who really it is? Know. You know who it is? 
It's Jared Patterson, baby. He's the RB2 right now. So forget what baby. you heard. You can say he sucks. Hey, if he sucks, then that means Peyton Barber and the rest of these guys are ultra bums, okay? So, look. I Peyton Barber you. is a bum. Okay, all right. So we're on the same page. So I think Jared Patterson right now is the RB2 on the football team. Dujanae, give me your one word for Jared Patterson. Meh. The man. reason being, <laughs> the reason being is, oh man, you don't know. He, I think Nate, Nate hit it. He's five six. How many five six running backs do you know in the league? Uh, yeah, right. I ain't even gonna give you any time. Right. I don't know any. <laughs> um, secondly, the offensive line that he played behind was ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculous. And I've heard people say, well, you know. Same thing was said about Derrick Henry. He played behind an excellent offensive line. You know, they were, he was running through holes big enough to drive <laughs> two Mack trucks through. But you know what, though? He don't have no Derrick Henry, any type of – he's not even no, no kind of athlete like Derrick Henry. Right. So, therefore, right. it's nice, but uh, meh. Derrick Henry could eat, he, Derrick Henry could eat Jared Patterson. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Come on, hey, long hey, I hear what y'all are saying, but whether Patterson you like it or not, he's the RB two right now. So that means we're still <laughs> looking for RB two. We're still looking for RB two. Lamar Miller, he ain't finna make no team. You know, Peyton Barber, we ain't worried about that guy. He needs a barber. No. But anyways, let's go ahead and talk about Landon Collins right now. Okay, Landon Collins. Jack Del Rio stated today that Landon Collins is going to play safety, strong safety at that. He's not going to be played at linebacker, so you guys can forget about experimenting with Landon Collins at the wheel. At the wheel linebacker spot, it's not going to happen. And what this says to me is that, hey, Landon, you're getting paid. We're going to rock with you. And then, he, and then Jack Del Rio also mentioned that he's going to play, um, what's his name, Cam Curl, at the Buffalo nickel position, he's going to find ways to get him on the field. So it sounds like a reversal to where you're going to see a Cam Curl at a, at a linebacker's type spot. I mean, some, most times you have two linebackers on the field anyways, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's a passing league, you have more defensive, uh, more defensive backs. So, Corey, what is your take on Landon Collins? What are you expecting to see out of Landon Collins this season? Well, I'll say Troy Apke, Troy Apke started <laughs> this season. So what Ooh. you say and you go into the season doing and what comes about as the season progresses can change. Uh, That's true. I don't, I don't expect Landon Collins to be more productive than Cameron Curl. I think he's just – it doesn't – I don't see why you would even want to stunt his growth. He he was so productive, so good. He's young. He's cheap. I I I think it's a smokescreen. I don't think that's gonna play out the way he's presenting it. I feel you. And my rebuttal to that is I'm gonna say exactly what Jack Del Rio said. Year two in the system. So we'll see. It's a wild card. If anything, we want Landon Collins to blow up and maybe trade him at the trade deadline. I'm just saying, but we still take a cap hit even if we trade him this year anyway. So it doesn't really make too much sense. Nate, what is your take on Landon Collins? He's been one of the worst safeties in the NFL since Washington has signed him. Um, He lives (laughs) off of name and contract more Mm -hmm. than anything. 
Right. Uh, my fondest memory this year was against Arizona, man. He had three back-to-back plays in the red zone where he gave up a big play, then he gave up a big penalty, and then Kyler Murray just ate him up on his way to the end zone. And then later on, like in the, the next drive or something, he got an interception that was like thrown right to him. Like he didn't do anything. But uh, I mean, he, he's been one of the worst safeties in the NFL. He, as a strong safety, like he, he struggles in man-to-man. People are like, let's match him up with tight ends and running backs in the NFC East. Right. I'm like, no, let's get him off the field so he can't be a liability in pass coverage. So I do think like when you if you put him in the box, he's a little better there. But really, his only strength is rushing the passer and stopping exactly. the run. And, and in today's exactly. NFL, like I need you to not be a liability in the passing game first as a safety. That's like priority number one. And if right. you don't do that, like as an offensive coordinator for opposing team, I'm going to target that dude all day because he can't stop anybody. So I, I think he'll be better with a good team around him, but it's not because he's good. It's, be, it's because the team around him is already good. <laughs> My guy on the Warpath said he's the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL, LOL. Uh, he hates Landon Collins. He said that Landon Collins was brought to D.C. to beat the Giants, and ever since Landon Collins have been in D.C., we have not beat the Giants. <laughs> yeah, he holds a grudge. He holds a grudge. Um, my whole thing with Landon Collins starting is – Think of it this way. Last year, the Lakers had JaVel McGee as the starting center, right? But the guy only played less than 15 minutes. So you're going to see a Landon Collins, oh, starter, yay. He comes in for a few snaps, and he comes right back out. So, yes, he's going to start because of the name and the money that we're paying this guy because we can't get rid of him this year. So you're going to see him start, but that does not mean that he gets a whole ton of snaps. I think it's going to be matchup dependent. There's going to be games where we need him to rush the quarterback, and he's just playing that Viper role. There's going to be games where you need him to just play in the box and tackle and help in the run game. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jack Del Rio uses him. Dujanae, what is your thoughts on Landon Collins? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> impressed at all. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to put it to you like this. Josh Harvey Clemens is going to get more playing time than Landon Collins. <laughs> and and i'm not i'm not saying that to be i'm not saying that to be rude or anything it's just the fact of the matter is he just hasn't produced and he's he's really nate said it a liability and you have to have in a package and situational deal i mean you know Corey said it best you pulling you pulling out curl for collins who hadn't showed a thing he hadn't showed anything he can't show he'd be trusted in big time situation, every time you need a needed him to stop something in the passing game, he gives mm-hmm. it up and more. Um, right. And I, I really think at this point, with the way he plays, I think if if Harry Clemens is healthy and does what he does, what he's been working hard in the offseason, uh, and he comes in, you have another guy that can do just that and some. So he's situational, and I don't see him playing. Full time. I, I I really don't. And if they could trade him, I think they bounce him. Corey's right. This is a bunch of I mean, I, <laughs> sniff real hard. You really don't have to sniff that hard. The smoke is strong in the building. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm gonna tell y'all this, man. I like this new Dujane, man. Look, Dujane was on the show last time, and Dujane was so serious. I think because it was a very serious topic that we were talking about, and we it both was. didn't want to get in trouble. We both didn't want to get in trouble. So I love this new Dujane. Dujane just <laughs> letting it fly. Dujanae is letting it fly, man. He's just telling how it is. Man, I love the group tonight, man. This is a great, great, great show. Corey, tell the people where they can find you on social media. 
I am Al Bundy Jr. on Twitter. <laughs> Still living in the past, you know, Pope High. Um, and that's the, the best place if you want to give me a follow. Just kind of, I, I try to keep it cool. I, I, if you have a different opinion than me, I'm not going to trash you. I just let you, you know, I, I want to know why it's different. And I love a good conversation. Absolutely. My guy, Nate Coleman, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Manny, you mentioned NBA, and if we could make an NBA top shot of Landon Collins, it would be uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray breaking his ankles on his way to the end zone because he missed 21% of his tackles last Man. year. 21%. Anyway, oh you can catch me at Chalk 89 uh, over on Twitter. I'm on there a lot. I took I took like a, a five-day break from Twitter just to kind of recharge my batteries. And I got like nine different dynasty drafts going right now. So I just <laughs> wanted to take a break. But I'll be back on there hard like in another few days. But, yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I have like three slow drafts going on or three or four right now going on. It's, it's crazy. One just finished, and I don't even know what happened at the end of the draft. Uh, Dujanae, where can the people find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me at sportsjourney.com. Uh, you can also check out the podcast, The Breakdown, uh, with myself and Karita Parks. That's on all uh, social media, pla- uh, social, uh, podcasts and platforms. You can also catch me over on Ghostcast as I do uh, my own podcast called The Not Bland Show. Uh, that is for Apple subscribers. So if you have an uh, Apple device, you can go download the Ghostcast, follow the show there, talk a lot of NHRA, football, basketball, or just stuff that grinds my gears. So uh, we just try to have a lot of fun. And, uh, Manny, keep doing your thing, buddy. Uh, really appreciate you having me on and uh, really love what you guys are doing and putting together and what you're putting together, man. Keep grinding, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. So, guys, for those that are listening and watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, and if this is your first time, hit the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. It's free 99. Hit the like button. That's free, too. Be sure to comment, because I love to hear from you guys, and then we can talk about the show in the comment section. That's been going very, very well. Um, Appreciate all the love that I'm getting on YouTube, man. You guys are really, really supporting the show. You guys are driving the show, and the show is growing. I'm going to have some great stuff coming up. Just started a Lakers podcast called Showtime with Manny. So check that out. It's on Spotify right now. Everything is funneled on the YouTube channel. Got some fantasy football coming. Dropping some dynasty notes, some dynasty secrets. Uh, So check that out. That will be coming up as well. Um, If you guys are listening on on the audio version, please hit pause. Start the whole episode over on YouTube. Trust me. You want to see our faces. You want to see the laughs. You want to see Nate being negative on these players. You just want to see everything, man. It's just a great, great, great show. Great cast. Once again, guys, you guys are listening to the Back Row Wrestling Show. I am your host, Manny. This is the crew, and we are out. Peace. Peace.